Welcome to Pop Culture Prescription, where we prescribe pop culture to get you feeling good. My name is Erica, also known as Grown Woman. <laughs> Hello, Grown Woman. My name is Antoine, also known as the Grand Dame herself. Okay, tell me more. Well, I have reached a certain age where I think I'm owed a bit of respect. I think my seasoning is right. I'm fully baked. I'm just waiting for some frosting. This analogy has gone too far. I don't know. I just feel like a sir in my life. You know what I mean? Sort of. When you said baked, I imagined chicken. So then you said icing and it threw me forward. Oh, no, we're a cake. We're all, we're cakes. We are baked. <laughs> yeah. Stuck a knife in. And it the analogy is definitely not baked chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, chicken could never. These cakes. You could be waiting for your seasoning, but no, you already have the seasoning. You already oh, have- But I did tools. say seasoning. So I, I set that chicken analogy up, so. Okay, okay, so I'm not- Patience, apologies, um, but you get it. I just feel like um, I'm co- really coming into my own and I've been watching a, re- a lot of reality TV, specifically Real Housewives of Potomac. And there is a, a woman who goes by the Grand Dame. And I really kind of, relate to to her you know as not actually being the cornerstone of her friend group but thinking she is and you know feel like she deserves a little bit of respect because um you know she's important to herself does that make sense it makes sense sir and ma'am have very different connotations so when you said you feel like a sir I'm like, that's my nightmare for to become a ma'am but a sir has boss vibes so I'm yeah, that's why I said I feel like the grand dame. And I didn't say, I feel like a ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, like, uh, can I agree with you here? And no, like, I, I also want to be a sir. I never want to be a ma'am. And so. <laughs> but there's, it's just been a really long time. Like, I've never really felt like I deserved certain re- amounts of respect, at, at least as much as I feel like I deserve now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I should be spoken to in a certain kind of way and respected a certain kind of way when I'm in any room and I'm willing to um, be entitled to that now. I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's a confidence thing. You've Maybe kind of been like that before. This is what though. it feels. This is scary. Yeah, like the when you're working on stage productions and someone does something like a stage manager or someone that you don't like or another cast member I can't remember who these people have been and then you have to put them in their place this is going to be that Antoine times (laughs) 30,000 on steroids I'm scared oh wow well I think I just I haven't been able to control it and I have been uncouth in the past so I think I am maybe even more respectable if you know what I mean, you know, I think I'm a lot more professional and I've learned how bureaucracies work in the last 10 years of being a professional somebody. So, you know, you're not Um, on the bottom of it. After 10 years, (laughs) I should at least be a somebody, even if I'm doing the same job as the 21 year old next to me. Yeah. You know, but you, Miss Ma'am, Miss Grown Woman? Yes. That's my favorite Beyonce video. What's your favorite Beyonce really? video? Yes. Um, probably. Oh, I know the treatment, but I can't think of the song. It's like a Fosse rich man's frug from Sweet Charity. And there's like long ponytails and everyone's going like this. I think it might be Freakum Dress. I don't think I've or... seen that green light it's from the b-day album but um she has a long long ponytail and if i showed you a picture of rich man's frug from sweet charity you would you would instantly understand what i'm talking about and i think it was choreographed by john pay who is um an iconic amazing queer black dance genius 
also is a celebrity in Japan and like does commercials for random Japanese cosmetic companies and then choreographs for Beyonce and it's just such goals. Yeah, I just looked up Fosse's Rich Man Frug. I do not know what Beyonce video this is. So I might not have seen that video that you're talking about. Okay, that's fair. But this is early Beyonce. Okay. So yeah, Grown Woman is one of uh, I said it was my favorite. Now I'm like, it's one of my favorites. Either way, I like to watch it at least once a week. Have you seen it? It's so cute because they have footage of her and Kelly when they were young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool video. Yeah, it's Um, super cute. And then it has her mom in it. So it's got the different generations. And I love the song. So you found yours? I'm a liar. It's Get Me Bodied. And um, obviously I have to watch it at least 12 times before the sun sets um, because of the disrespect of my ignorance to three different music videos. I mean, I had no idea what any of them looked like or what it was either. So after we get off of this, we have to go watch that. It's been honestly weeks since I've watched a not K-pop video. So that changes tonight, bruv. That's how I operate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, have you seen the new Chloe Bailey video? Clips better on TikTok. You didn't watch the whole video? I ha- oh, no, Instagram clips. I mean, I was stunned and surprised and I watched them 12 times, but I haven't watched the whole video. Okay. I'm really behind. There are K-pop videos to, that I haven't seen yet. So like cut me some slack. Go ahead and watch her new video it's amazing there's a compare people are making comparisons to beyonce because it really is giving Uh beyonce and tina is in it tina Knowles. but Mm. what i love about well i love chloe bailey i think she's gorgeous i like what she's doing music wise on tiktok this is a young pop star but it's cool because Beyonce had to start out as a generic pop star and then turn to her balance of like ratchet and uh, classy and right, smart. Right, right. like, you know, that balance that you have to find because people don't understand that black people can have nuance. Um, mm. Chloe Bailey is getting to start there. So it's cool. It's like Beyonce has laid this path for her where she doesn't have to pretend to be Taylor Swift for a while until she gets respected and then she can really show who she is, but she can just show who she is. That's it. pretty special. There aren't a lot of singers who who have gotten that opportunity that like do that, I guess, kind of music, you know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of sexy solo woman hitting the step though, but she hits the step. And I have seen a lot of like Chloe and Haley like uh, some of their virtual concerts, um, the show they did at the Will Turn, which was really fantastic. But now I have to watch the video. It's on my queue. Trust me. It's Trust me, ladies. Totally worth it. Unlike the Lizzo video, you'll ah! kind of finish it <laughs> then come back and watch it again. And again. Damn. Well, um, that hurt my feelings and Lizzo's probably. Sorry, girl. So... <laughs> Shall we get into these prescriptions, get people healthy? For sure. What do you have for us today? I've got a listen, a watch slash listen, a a strict watch, and then a wild card. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I've got a watch, a listen, a wild card. Or read and three. You sure, girl? (laughs) Okay, the reason why I hesitated, listeners, is because this is our second time recording. We recorded and the recording did not work out. So we're doing this again, and I'm debating what I want to keep and what I just want to give to the, you know, technology gods as in sacrifice (laughs) for our future. I mean, you, you're also the edit master. I know it's harder for you, but you can just snip, snip, cut whatever you want out, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, I could cut out those pauses in between when I was just talking and then no one would even know that I was confused. 
Um, word. Did you have a listen? Yes. You want to listen first? I want to start with an anti. Oh, she feels strongly. Let's start. <laughs> Let's be negative. Okay. My anti-prescription is describing people as a woman of a certain age or a person of size. Those are, so, <laughs> those are so hateful. And I keep hearing people use it. A woman of a certain age. Anton, what age is that when you hear that? Can you give it to me in a sentence, please? Okay. So uh, on Drag Race, Michelle, well, you know, she's a woman of a certain age. So she makes sure to dot, dot, dot. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's used negatively. I don't think you can use it positively. So it's not positive. No, you know it's I mean? not. It doesn't mean grown woman. It means old woman. <laughs> I'm an old woman. <laughs> and it's always like a disclaimer, you know, yes. like, well, she is a woman of a certain age. It's never, yeah, she is a woman of a certain age. Yes. And no one knows what the certain age is. What you're saying is you're old. <laughs> and in our society, in a pandemic, you're going to call somebody elderly? Do it. Well, what it really is, is just like saying to someone, you look tired. It's just saying, it's a different way of saying you look like shit. Like you're not up to my aesthetical yeah. <laughs> standards because you're old or because you're a certain size. And yeah. that's the way I, I'm allowed to tell you. Well, with the person of size one, I heard someone say that about themselves. They were talking to a friend and they were like, well, you know, because we're both you know, persons of size. I'm like, why would you, of size? We all are of size, okay? What you're saying is someone's fat. These fancy ways of saying old and fat are actually just still hateful and let's not use them. Well, you know, we can all be self-deprecating at times in whatever ways we can. Let's be blunt um, about it. Let's just be girl. like, you know, we both fat instead of, we're both people of size. <laughs> Tell it to the world. But honestly, I don't know. I, I It's none of my business. I'm already, I'm <laughs> like sweating thinking about talking about this. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, gonna, I don't know. Don't cancel me. I'm going to be a woman of a certain age at some point. So don't well, call me that. Age. And when you reach that age, will you tell me what it is? <laughs> That's a great question. Will you know? Will you just be like, oh my God, I am a certain age. And wow. Yeah, you know what? I will let you know. It's probably around like the ma'am age. The ma'am age. I mean, I've already been served and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I'm stepping into my sir. Yeah. And now we've discovered why I don't like ma'am. Sir is, it's respectful. Ma'am is calling me a woman of a certain age and I'm not ready for it. I'm not. I'm also not the certain age. So you know what? This is the last time we will hear this, Antoine. So is this anti-prescription just for everybody? It's for everybody. Stop it, y'all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> all right, what do you have for us? Well, I don't have an anti-prescription, but I do have a listen. Um, my listen is pop music. And it's this new young girl named Kim Petras. Do you know? Do you know this girl? Do you know this young girl? Yes. Is she new though? Uh, she's been around for like, let's say the last three years, uh, really making a lot of music, getting a huge following with lots of young kids, especially young queer kids, because we love, you know, a pop girl in a ponytail. But she also is a person of, of queer descent. She is a very young trans woman who um, went through her transition like during her adolescence, or I would say, um, I think between middle school and high school, mm -hmm. and is also an international pop star and has really found a sound that will take you back to Gaga's early days. It's like dance pop. Give me that electro, give me that synth. And if you're into that, that's who I'm prescribing it to. You get, girl, you got a question? No, I'm just voguing. Oh, you, you are agreeing. 
yeah. listener, she is pointing because she's feeling my sermon. Yeah. And um, she's got some really cool interviews. She does some breakdowns with Genius where she talks about the lyrics of the songs. There's an interview where she talks about what's in her bag and where when she travels and goes to do pop star things, what she likes to do on airplanes. And I kind of like that kind of fluffy, fluffy stuff. And um, what's really cool is that there really hasn't been a young, young girl since, I'm thinking since Chloe and Haley were 16. And they were sort of like starting a thing what was great about Chloe and Haley is they started doing exactly what they wanted to do. They want, they sang the songs they wanted to sing. They played the music that they wanted to play and Beyonce noticed. And <laughs> now it's history and iconetry, but mm-hmm. um, she sort of started the opposite. Like you were saying, just like making really super fun, simple music that they can push out to, to the masses signed with the big label and has been pushed onto people, but I like it because it's really fun music. Um, If you want to get into her best song that I think is her best song, it's called Malibu. It probably has like 10 lyrics that are repeated over and over again, but it's catchy, it's hooky, it's fun. And there's a new song called The Future. And it's, it's great. It's, I think she's gonna be a big deal. And I'm really excited for her to not just mature as an artist, but as a person, you know what I mean? She's going to go from girl to woman. And um, that's a really pivotal place for these young pop girls, you know? Yes. That um, we'll see what happens. And I'm prescribing this to all, all the kids that love the pop hits, the bops. If you have fond memories of 2009 Lady Gaga, then you're going to want to get someone's into Someone's bringing that back for you. Okay. Yes, yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, I had a random thought I wanted to share with you. I meant to tell you this Go a while it. ago, but uh, at some point I received some paperwork and it said, this is from Antoine. He needs you to like confirm his identity or something. Do you remember this? Cause you were trying to get a job. And so you needed me to re- like be a reference, but it was really sketchy. Was this a text message? I believe it was a text message. And I fully went and was just about to like <laughs> sign something just because it was like, Antoine wants you to do this. <laughs> and, I, and right before I was like, this could be a scam. And then you sent me a text and you said, Hey, I listed you as a reference for this thing. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to scan me, just be like, Antoine said, push his button. <laughs> oh, no, girl. Don't tell the kids to do that because you know what's going to happen? You're never going to believe me when I need your help. I would be like, girl, I'm stuck in Japan. And you're going to be like, yes, bullshit. But I'll actually be stuck in Japan. In yeah. a prison. <laughs> 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 and that will be my one call. And you'll be like, not again, sucker. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get me. <laughs> Sad. Poor Antoine. I have a watch. Have what you, are you watching? Have you, have you, have you watched Megadoon? <gasps> oh, no, but it's another thing on my queue. It's important to me. Tell me about it so I can want to watch it more. Okay, Schmigadoon is a musical comedy, which we love. We've discussed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I believe, on here. If you are a fan of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I'm definitely prescribing Schmigadoon for you. It is about a couple, Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key, who are on a retreat to help their relationship improve. And they end up getting sucked into a musical world and they're both doctors in New York City so it's a huge juxtaposition for them to be sucked into a musical world Um, and it's golden age era musicals so 1940s and 50s very Oklahoma carousel sound of music which I personally don't like and don't know too much about but I like musicals and so it's a fun show for me despite that they have parody songs of songs that I didn't even know they were parody songs I just thought they were funny and it turns out they're like each song is actually a knockoff of a song like from Carousel or from Oklahoma I'm naming the same ones because I only know a few of these golden age musicals um it is 
so fun. It's six episodes. They're about 25 minutes each. So you can watch it in one sitting, like a really long movie. And it has, I mentioned the two leads. Fred Armisen is in it. Kristen Chenoweth, Jane Krakowski. The woman that plays the teacher, it's a black girl uh, who was amazing. I was like, this has to be a Broadway person. I looked her up later and she got her start on So You Think You Can Dance, which doesn't take away from possibly having been on Broadway because a lot of those people can dance and sing, but she's really amazing in it. Mm. Very charismatic. Uh, The only thing that is not solid about it is the plot line or the plot point about their relationship because it doesn't really make sense the whole thing is like they're having a hard time in their relationship and of course because it's a musical or that trope they're going to get back together in the end but in the end like one of them is actually a bad person and is treating the other one terribly but in the end, they try to make it seem like, oh, we both messed up and now we're coming together. <laughs> You're like, no, he's toxic. You need to get out of this relationship. But of course, that's how musicals are anyway. They just kind of resolve things quickly and move on with a song and a dance. If you like musical comedies, if you like comedies, if you like television, you should watch Schmigadoon on Apple TV. Schmigadoon. Oh my schmegas, listen. I really think if you actually like golden age musicals as well, you should get into it. Because that's I have a lot of friends in the musical theater world who love that shit. The Rogers and Hammerstein, the Rogers and mm. Hart, all that old school, I'm gonna say it, whiteness. And I don't have a problem with that. A lot of it is fun to do but i wouldn't pay my money to see but i have friends that like on facebook have been breaking down like oh what was that reference in that song i've been thinking about it for weeks and i'm like oh my god and they're just like going through all the references of like you know pirates and penzance and these really old musicals that as a i guess aficionado you you just have to know just reference wise so you can sound like a smart person in the fucking green room i did um, you listen to pop culture happy hour pop 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 oh yeah and and npr that's where i heard the interview yes uh, or one of the ones that is really cool they do break it down uh that's one i was going to mention but turns out we're talking about the same thing but it is a really good breakdown of each of the dances the songs mm. where they come from but even if you don't know the original source material it's still entertaining so for sure and i'm the kind of person that it. knows it and i'm still not even gonna care like i could care two shits about the raising the barn dance from seven brides and seven brothers but oh i wonder which a lot one. of people jizz for it there's this <laughs> song in schmigadoon called corn pudding and <laughs> corn. corn pudding it's it's really amazing do they repeat I, it over and over again like shapoopy 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 not quite like that wow. but it is it's maybe a song from oklahoma or something where everyone's it's it gives oklahoma vibes um like square dancing I, i've also never seen brigadoon which is probably a huge source material well apparently only the the plot is Brigadoon based. Brigadoon is about a, a magical town that appears and because they fall into this magical world, that's the Brigadoon reference. Yeah. Shmigadoon. Cute. So Shmigadoon, go on. What you got? Here we go. I got something more for you to listen to and potentially watch. It is La Lisa. It's the solo project of Lisa one of the four members of Blackpink who we've talked about prior, the four member K-pop group of four people that are members. (laughs) And they're great. Lisa came out with an album or two singles. uh, One's called La Lisa. One's called Money. And it's a twerkable track that's safe for the kids to listen to. 
Um, some of the lyrics are things like dollar bills, dollar bills, fallen for me, love the way it feels. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to dance around to music like that. And then the second stanza isn't also wet ass pussy. So I'm excited because I'm a dance teacher and I teach little kids and I can't use a lot of fun hip hop music that even if it's censored, you know, you know what they're singing. And the kids so, know, the kids will sing the real the kids know too. Yeah. And they'll find a music video and they'll watch it. And then their parents will find them watching it. And they'll say, why are you watching that? And they'll say, my teacher showed me this song. Antoine and then I'll get fired. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, if you are a dance teacher and have kids, I would honestly just recommend a lot of K-pop because a lot of it is fun and bouncy, especially Blackpink, but also safe around the ears. And um, there's a lot of bands that really do a good job at sort of appropriating trap music at least the rhythms and beats and um you can get a lot a lot of uh hip-hop techniques basics if you're just trying to get kids to find grooves and rhythms and pulses so you don't have to use snoop dogg even though you want to and you can when they get older um but yeah 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 it's it's fun i i haven't watched the music video so i can't even prescribe it because i'm not going to be that doctor uh, I'm going to be real with y'all. So I'm going to watch it. It's on my queue along with Chloe and fun, fun, fun. Please listen. If you like this kind of thing, my patients, you, know, you could be that kind of doctor because doctors don't try all their medicine before they prescribe it to you. They but don't... they, you know, they know the studies and the research. And you know, the studies you know, and the research about K-pop. Video. <laughs> but you heard the song and I heard money and it's popping, popping. But here's back. the thing. I don't know if the video is going to be good. I've seen clips and it looks like some ideas they hadn't used for 21 yet. And maybe that's fun and it harkens back to that. But I don't know. Blackpink's been on the edge so far. I don't want them to take any steps backward. I want them to keep pushing. And if it's bad, I'm going to say so. (laughs) Okay. All right, all right, all right. I have a read. What you reading? What you reading, girl? It's also a wild card. Um, and we can, I got like, I got two other wild cards besides that one. But my read. This week, I finished my very first fictional audiobook. I had, I like to read. You know, it's about Wait, me. Wait, this actually surprises me. You've never read a fictional audiobook before ever? No, because reading is about getting absorbed in the story for me and so the thought of walking around and multitasking like my ADD just won't allow well I thought it wouldn't allow me to like really get into the story and to be honest there are times where I have to rewind because I'm like I don't really know what happened but I usually when I listen to podcasts and nonfiction books it's things where you can kind of get bits and pieces of the information but you don't have to hear every word to understand what's going on and with a fictional audiobook, you need to be listening to the story. So I've just avoided it. Um, I'm also just I'm used to reading books. There's no reason for me to really transition over to this. But I started trying to read a physical copy of this book and couldn't get very far. It is a historical, okay, it's a historical romance novel called An Extraordinary Union. And I was put off pretty quickly by, it's about two spies during the civil war. And it was just a little too like convoluted for me initially. So I was like, but I knew the book was award-winning. So I'm like, it has to be good. Let me just have somebody read it to me. 11 hours later, of course, this is over a span of a week. I am totally sold on listening to fictional audiobooks. Everyone should do it if you can, because you can get through books really quickly if you are reading books and listening to them all day as you walk around. Um, And I have so many books that I want to listen to. I want to know what's going on. It's nice to be able to get through them quickly. But also, it's really great to just be in the car. Like, if I'm going to be in the car for longer than five minutes, and I'm going to put the book on. So I just listen to an hour of it driving around doing errands. And so the wild card is listening to fictional audiobooks, period, on Audible or on Libby Library. Like, you have you used Libby? 
I don't know what that is. L-I-B-B-Y. It's an app where you can use your library card. I'm pretty sure you can get a library card through it and it'll check at your local library for books. So I looked up this book, An Extraordinary Union, and they were like, we have the audio book or we have the Kindle book. Which one do you want? And I just got the book immediately. Free app, library related. Very cool. Anyways, the actual read prescription is this book, An Extraordinary Union. When I first got into it, I was nervous because it's an, like an interracial historical romance novel during Civil War era. And that can be done really terribly. But it ended up being so good. The woman is, so they're both spies for the union and the woman is posing as a slave in a senator's house. So she's like, she's posing as an enslaved person. And then the guy is posing as a Confederate soldier, but he's working for the union. He's a Scottish born guy. Um, And I've never read a historical romance novel before. So I didn't know what to expect, but it was so good. It follows the formulas of romance novels, but it's even more interesting because the stakes are just exponentially higher. It's not just like, oh, well, if if he doesn't date me, I'm going to lose my job or I'm going to be sad. It's like we could die. <laughs> we are being chased. There's gunfire. We are running through the woods. Someone could die. I shed a tear at the end of this book. The book was so good. If you are interested in historical romance or just romance novels, you can listen to this one. It's by Alyssa Cole, who's a famous contemporary Black woman romance writer. Warning, it is pretty smutty during the smutty parts, but it also is very informative when it comes to historical aspects of it. And I'm kind of like, if they had taught history like this, I might've really been paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) I found out afterwards that- that it's actually a trilogy. And so now I'm listening to the second book and I just never imagined myself. I don't know anything about war or any, I can't even use other words to describe it because I don't know anything about it. I'm like, I don't know anything about war or, you know, uh, war. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but her books are so well-researched and they just pull you in. So check out the series. The loyal. Wow, that's a lot. I think it would make a really good movie, especially because it has so much appeal. Like if you like action, if you like slavery, if you like nakedness, because apparently they'd be getting nasty because that's that kind of book a little bit. Because it's like a romance novel in that sense of romance novel, you're saying? Yes like Fabio on the cover, except um, a union soldier and a slave. Okay, not Fabio on the cover, but I read sometimes on my Kindle and Kindle gives you ads, like your screensavers are ads for other books. And they figured out that I like romance novels. So now they keep giving me those like Fabio type covers. And I'll just, <laughs> my Kindle will be laying on the bed and I see the guy with the smoldering eyes on a horse. And I'm like, this is not the kind of book I want to read. The algorithm got it mixed up. <laughs> so no, it's not that kind of cover. Um, but it is, it is romance in the way that there's actually, like, that's a real genre. There's like something really important about the romance genre is that there's always a happy ending. It's not this like, which actually got me in this book because I was like, wait a minute, somebody's going to die. So, somebody's going to die. But I'm like, no, Erica, they can't. That doesn't work with the genre. That's a really important part of it. There's other little pieces of tropes that are important. Like there's different types, like friends to lovers old friends to love, like people who knew each other a long time ago and come back into each other's lives, enemies to lovers, um, fake significant other where you are pretending to be someone's significant other and then you end up falling in love with them. (laughs) It's all really well thought out. Um, Something I really like about the genre though is people will say, well, I don't want to be able to guess what'll happen. People feel that way about rom-coms and movies or books and movies. But the cool thing about it is it's not about that. 
about figuring out what's going to happen or trying to get ahead of the movie or the book. It's more about the quality conversations that people are having. It's Mm. more about the situations people are in, like the stakes and the drama of it. It's not a like, will they, won't they, you know that they will, but what happens along the journey is what's important. And I love that. Yeah, it's just a showcase for good writing, you know? Some of the books I've read, the conversations that they're having, the bantering that's going on, the jokes that they're exchanging. I'm like, this is, I'm here for this. And I want you to end up together in the end. Slay. Like a good show or musical. Yeah, you're involved in the story and you want to hear these people talk. You're not just waiting for the next musical number to start. That's how you know it's a bad show. Exactly. You're checking the program. You don't care what these people are saying. And I do think that there's some kind of overlap between the fact that I love musicals and I'm like really late in life getting into romance novels. Something, there's something like whimsical and magical about both and that are a little bit fantastical. And that's just me. That's me, girl. I want to prescribe something to you and our patients based on what you're telling me. And you've probably already done this, but if you haven't, I like to do that same thing with getting immersed in a story, like on a really long drive with cast albums, like especially like big, big shows, even shows that I don't love, like Les Mis, where you can actually like sit down and like almost imagine the entire show from- overture through intermission through the, the end of the second act. that's my favorite i movie. love doing that yeah on a Just long like, car ride for sure yeah. in the heights is a good one for that mm-hmm. yeah th- that show tells the story in the in the writing rent also excellent of course the original rock opera or actually i don't know that for a fact but you know it's one of them <laughs> the original rock opera mm-hmm. That's how it was built. Um, and it technically is because everything is sung and it's rock. And you can get the, the two disc album, which is like basically the whole show. Uh, I want to revisit this. Let's find out if it is the original rock opera. Let's find out. Maybe hair would be considered the original. I was but thinking that, but hair has a lot of talking in it. Um, well, hair doesn't really have a narrative and. Rent is literally based on an opera, La Boheme. It's the same story, just rockified in English in New York City. We're going to New York City. Okay, I found out. The first rock opera is called Sorrow, and it's from 1968. Sorrow. Yeah, it's generally acknowledged as the first rock opera. Is that a hot ticket? (laughs) Clearly not. (laughs) We want to know what the first (laughs) successful rock opera is, Google. Okay, we'll I mean, come back to this next week. I re- yeah, I really don't have a context of musical theater besides what they force us to know, like in school, before Rent, honestly. That's when my consciousness became in music. We- Wait, That's you know when what? my consciousness in musical theater started. I think it's confusing what I'm asking and actually telling me, you know how people's bands can make albums that are technically rock operas? That's what Hades Town started as. Mm. Interesting. Okay. And you could say Hades Town is a folk rock opera or folk pop opera. Yes. And when you said driving in the car, that was the first one I thought of because you said you did that recently. Um, and it was wonderful. Through the woods, honey, it really just made my life. It set the scene i would like to tell you my wait i just went your turn okay so we talked about this but i'm gonna talk about it again because you haven't started watching it yet i'm talking about the real housewives of potomac specifically but i am invested in atlanta potomac And those are the only ones I've started. I know of the personalities of New York, like Bethany Frankel. I've watched her show and spinoffs. He talked about that here on, I think, maybe our first episode. Remember, guys, remember. 
Well, I got something new. It's the Real Housewives of Potomac. They just uh, re-upped, I think, on their sixth season. I started watching it during the pandemic early on around March. For those of you that don't know, I'm from the D.C. Maryland area. This is where it takes place. Um, unlike the other shows, Potomac is really just a suburban area with houses. So most of the show doesn't happen in Potomac. It happens in the surrounding areas, you know, where restaurants and places people are and not just giant 10 bedroom mansions. And it's really exciting for me to like get to see my city on TV, but also with this very uh, extravagant, over the top, drama filled, wig filled light that is like Real Housewives, you know? And, Wait, um, do you remember I, when they very... did the Real Housewives of DC? Was that a thing? Did I'm pretty sure it was wrong. <laughs> no, now I'm doubting myself. Okay. It, I'm pretty sure it was because I worked at a school in DC and one of the moms was on it and it was the most boring show anyone had ever seen in her life. Are you sure it was the Real of Potomac? No, I'm going to look it up because it, okay. it was, um, okay, let me look it up. Keep talking. <laughs> I could see that because DC really is one of the most transient cities in the country. And most, it's not transient and super diverse. It's transient and everyone's from Pennsylvania or Iowa or Indiana and working in politics and, you know, chose to, I don't know. Oh my God. They chose a very specific life and it doesn't look good on Real Housewives, you know? We want shoes, we want wigs. (laughs) Yeah, I was correct. It was called (laughs) The Real Housewives of D.C., there was oh one. Goodness. There was one season in 2010. <laughs> and Is it a who? So I watched it and remember just being like, "What? This is so uninteresting." It has two and a half out of ten stars on IMDb, thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. People said, "No, ma'am. No, thank you. Goodbye." <laughs> Goodbye. Oh man, it's not on. It's not on um, Hulu at all. They doxed it. That's why I don't know about it. That's, I mean, Hulu really introduced me to the franchise. And I'm kind of sad because I would like to see that. Well, it wasn't good. So I remember saying I've never seen Real Housewives. In this moment, I'm realizing I have. In 2010, I watched one season. and Let me ask you, would you consider watching Potomac? I would. Oh, so I'm selling yes. it. I'm selling it. You are selling it. I also am very interested in, you know me, how I like to engage with stuff like Drag Race. I don't just watch the show. Uh-huh. I like listen to the podcast. I want to hear other people having conversations about it. I would watch Potomac just to hear, like so many people that I know and respect watch it and talk about it. And I want to know what they're talking about. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also a really good judge of of character and that's kind of what the show is, right? Like judging people's character. That's all it is in the most embarrassing ways. I feel like every cast member on the show has a moment, usually when they're just introduced and they have choice words for someone. I don't know what it is. It's like everyone's arc begins with, well, this is my opinion and I feel like I just need to tell her. <laughs> and then she tells her and then there's mess, then there's mess. And then they always clean it up at some point. And they're just like, you know, I just wanted to come to you, Monique, as like as a real woman, you know, woman to woman. And woman to woman. I just really wanna, you know, make this friendship, you know, work. Cause you know, we wanna support other women. That's what it's about, women supporting other women. And then it, that situation just happens at the beginning of another arc for a different pair of girls, but they're all intertwined and it, it gets complicated. There are alliances and um, vengeance and Thank drinks you. thrown. And um, it's not positive entertainment, let me say that. So you really need to enjoy it in moderation or responsibly um, if you know you're a sensitive person. But if you like the tea when it's hot, it, it could be that for you, yes. yes. Maybe I shouldn't watch this. I'm trying to actively be a kinder 
more gracious person? Is this going to make me think things are normal that shouldn't be normal? Well, I've gotten to a point, at least in that idea of watching media and consuming things where there's a way to do it consciously, you know, just like eating terrible food every now and again, it's, it's really about getting what you need, not necessarily just not getting anything bad, you know? Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm into it. Counter it with something, of course, you know? Like always get what you need, get that positive, you know, emotional boost, whether that's music or yoga, Jesus. And then if you're full, you could put some Real Housewives on top. Okay. All right. In the future, at some point, we'll have to talk about Lovecraft Country, which is an anti-prescription, but also kind of a watch for me. But um, we both watched that show kind of together during quarantine last year so when michael k williams the actor died did you see this yes i did yeah um that was the first thing i thought of i was like oh my god he was just in lovecraft country and then the second thing i thought of antoine was oh my god he was in that scene with monet exchange and shangela i wonder how they're feeling about this <laughs> like i don't know if he was friends with them <laughs> I mean, they probably had a good time in set. They're all nice people, I'm assuming, and enjoyed each other's presence. I want to believe, mm-hmm. but I guess it was I probably can. like nine to 18 hours out of their whole lives. I know. And I'm like thinking about them and this man overdosed on heroin and was not very old. Sad. Did you ever watch The Wire? Wait, yeah, it- no. Oh, my God. What am I doing? We can't talk for three hours. And if we, if I continue this, we will. <laughs> it's almost been an hour, but we need to have a conversation, conversation about this. Okay. I am going to do my two wild cards. The first one is, since we, I just talked about two drag queens on a show, my wild card is Monique Hart's skincare line called Mo Beauty. Monique Hart is a drag queen of drag race fame. Also is from Kansas City originally where I am from. I believe she lives in Palm Springs now, but she started this skincare line and she is a black queen. So I'm assuming she's put extra thought into that for our skin, but it's very cool because she has these little face masks and they have drag makeup printed on them so you can just put that on your face and feel really cute that's cool yeah mo beauty she has a, a new instagram page for it that's just for her skincare stuff so everyone should check that out yes i want more cosmetics by drag queens because if anyone knows how to take care of their skin it's someone who abuses it that's so true one time i watched this video of naomi putting makeup on bob have you seen this video on youtube i haven't no monet monet naomi had bob do like three different masks before he got there and then had bob do all these other masks while they were there and Bob was like, this is too much. These are too many masks. And Naomi, who is gorgeous and whose skin will be popping for forever, was like, no, this is necessary. Like Before she puts on makeup, she's doing five, not five, but a lot of different like skin treatments. And so now uh-huh. I started doing that. I don't wear like a lot of makeup, but if I'm going out with friends or something, like right before putting the makeup on, putting doing a face mask or doing some like really specific things to build the moisture up. So the makeup actually, it sets well too. Mm. Naomi needs a skincare line and makeup. Come on. Yes. Actually, speaking of Naomi, I would like to go into my wild card. Okay. So my wild card isn't Naomi. Um, Also, you should enjoy her, but I recently saw her in her full glory in Las Vegas at Drag Race Live. And it was beyond, beyond. I really had low expectations because I just thought it was gonna be a drag show, but you know, in Vegas. And it was more or less a musical with 
uh, a script, 90 minutes, no intermission, really great, fun, entertaining moments. And the whole idea is it's drag race live. So it's the show. There's a mini challenge. There's like a, a workroom entrance. Then the, you are the judges. So you choose who wins the mini challenge. So it can basically be different every night who wins. And there's a main stage and a runway. And the audience basically gets to act out a Drag Race episode with these queens. Uh, Naomi was present. Asia O'Hara was the MC extraordinaire who did such a good, one of the best MCs, period. Mm -hmm. Just doing that job, actually. Um, could, like had a, a bit where she walked out into the crowd and just started talking to people. And I'm assuming it happens every night. It's timed, but knows how to ask a lady a question about her purse and then turn it into a bit that has the audience laughing for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's something you really can't teach people and doesn't really come across on Drag Race. Like if you're a fan of this show, you don't really get to see a lot of these people do their jobs well. You get to see them do that competition but a lot of these people are good at very specific things. People like Jinx Monsoon, who you don't always get to see them give a monologue. But when you get to see a lot of people from Drag Race shine, and I think you should give them a chance, go out, support your local queens, because there's like 2,000 Drag Race queens now. And so support your local queens. Your Start city. with your local queens. Yes, yes, yes. But, but all the Rue girls are local queens somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, find, find your, your, your home team and support them. <laughs> you know, this is our sport and it's America's pastime and we need to pass it down to the next generation. And this is how we do it, you know, go out, tip the girls. Yes. Speaking <laughs> oh, of but that's team... actually not my wild card. Okay, well, I, I have a wild um, card. Just... Oh, sure. I have a wild card. I have multiple ones. So let's just keep going back and forth with wild cards. But um, sure, sure, sure. quickly, we just wrapped up Drag Race All-Stars and Kylie Sonique Love was the winner. And for people that don't watch the show, they have to lip sync for their life. And all of the finalists lip sync and she tripped on her garment during her performance and then turned it into a role and made it look so beautiful and glorious. Go look this up if you get a chance. But I saw several videos of people watching this in bars and I, I need to start doing that, like going out to a bar and watching Drag Race. But when she fell, everyone's like, no. And then instantly she does this like tuck and roll and then turns it into this beautiful moment. And everyone's like, yeah, and it, was, it was giving football. It was giving Super Bowl. <laughs> so you're right. It is our it's sport. It's a legendary play. Yeah. Also, have you seen Jinx's new nose? I haven't. Someone told her years ago on Drag Race that her nose was distracting. And so she decided to get a new one <gasps> at some point. And maybe she agreed. Kind of agreed too. When I saw her with the new nose, <laughs> I didn't know it was, I couldn't tell she had a new nose, but I remember looking at her face and you know, some people have something that's so distinct about their face. Um, in a good or bad way. Well, the next time I saw her, I was like, something's, your face looks just really symmetrical and like there's nothing standing out about it. And it turns out she just got, she's got the nose. Oh, I see it. Quite different. Wow, she's kind of giving like Tilda Swinton or like maybe Katie Lang. You think that's whose nose she took in? Tilda Swinton. It's just, you know, it's thinner and that sort of like, you know, nymphy, androgynous way. But that's, you know, because Jinx is nymphy and androgynous already, so. Yeah. Oh, okay, my wild card is what I'm going to do when we get off this call. What you go do? I'm obsessed with naan pizzas, like N-A-A-N right now. Like I just bought a huh. pack of naan. And when I'm hungry, I just take the big piece of naan out and I put some piece of sauce on it. I'm going to take, I have a ball of mozzarella. I'm going to cut a little couple slices. I'm going to put okay. some basil on it. I'm going to pop okay. it in the oven for 
probably like seven to 10 minutes on 425. And it's going to taste real good and be a quick late night snack. Do it. Wow. Thank you for that. That is a real piece of important information. Yeah. Aren't you glad you're here to hear this? <laughs> what's what's they are <laughs> i know they are well to be honest my wild card was just live performance i saw the drag race show and then i followed up in la last night saw a comedy show if you're feeling confident and comfortable get out there and go remember what it's like to all watch a thing with a big group of people it's it was really fun and nice and refreshing who was it? Was it like people that have made found success <laughs> or is it, was it just like a local? It was a local show. Um, I think, do you know Rainier Pollard? Rainier Pollard? Mm-hmm. Rainier Pollard? No. He headlined and then there were maybe five openers. Um, the host, Kevin Padilla, who I followed on Instagram. He's just a local LA comic who I think I saw before and I just followed him. And he just posted this on Instagram. And it's a regular thing that I think just started last week. And it was a really good show. It was all queer comics at the Comedy Nook. It's called Melrose is Burning. It's uh, Fridays at 8.30. And I think it's going to be weekly for as long as they let bars stay open. And it was just really uh, fun being back in a room uh, laughing or not laughing. And uh, people like working on, you know, their material. And some people were fucking killing it. And I won't be surprised if I see them on Conan tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, I probably should have signed up and gotten that spot. <laughs> but just kidding. I, I, I'm not confident at all to sign up for a show like this. Um, and everyone got to like work on material. And I like sort of like, you can kind of tell when comics are in the room and there's other comics. I'm not including myself with those other comics, but they get to like, yeah, that one's not good. I'm going to try this. Try this ending instead. What do you think about this ending? Yeah, work um, and out it's your not material. as performative. Like, it has to be right. Um, it made me feel like, oh, maybe this isn't such a big deal. I could do this. And it's, it's, I'm getting comfortable in these spaces. And then one day I think I'll be comfortable enough to like, get up there or try to be someone's friend. The thing about stand-up though, is you have to do it. You have to just keep doing it to get to that place. It's supposed to be a back and forth right. with the audience. And, you know, I've done a little bit of it myself. I didn't do it enough to uh-huh. get to that place. And another essential part of getting to that place is finding a community of people doing it. Because yeah. if you are all friends with those people and you're all, you know, just joking around, you can actually go back and forth. It's a really good stepping stone for it. But you, you're not gonna, you like have to do it to get that. People gain the respect for, by seeing you go up there too. And like, no, no, I, I wish we work, we you know, will ourselves into hard. being perfect comedians. That would be amazing. Um, and that's really why I want to do it is to like find a community somewhere and you can, you're allowed to be specific with who your friends are and you can be as specific as I want these kind of friends who like these kinds of things. So I'm going to go to this place where they're doing it. And I didn't know you could do that until like last year. <laughs> That's a conversation yeah. for another time, but I've fully, <laughs> that sounds so basic, but I didn't know that you could be like, let me go hang out with the people that do a specific thing that I want to do or be a part of. Oh, yes, yes. We'll, we'll prescribe that in detail on another episode, ladies and friends. Did you go by yourself? I did, yes. Okay, no, that's something that's I... I bought my ticket by myself, and then my friend Stefan texted me, like, that day. And I was like, I'm going to the show, buy a ticket if you want to hang out. And then he did, and I went. Okay, but I was planning I... on going alone. What I was going to say still applies. I think that's a really cool thing that you do that you could prescribe to people. And that is go places by yourself because that's a really brave thing and can be really difficult for people. But if you're waiting for other people to go with you to do the things that you're interested in, you might not ever get there. So the fact that you were like, that's a cool show. I'm going to go is special. 
you're right. And I'm going to talk more about this on another episode because I have some really good stories that really will inspire, I think, inspire me because it happened to me. But, you know, <laughs> they're long stories. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, do you have anything else? Are you still wilding out with your wilds? I had, it was the Moni Cart skincare line and then yes. the... Well, earlier, the listening to the fictional audiobooks. And then whatever I just said. Oh, that non-pizza that I'm about to eat. Yeah, girl. That, she's about to fuck it up. <laughs> and I'm putting this on my grocery list. I'm going to make it happen. And um, I'm also prepared for our next episode because you gave me a bunch of great ideas for prescriptions. Don't do those things yet, listeners. You're not allowed. So I subscribe. <laughs> You're not allowed. Yes. Um. I like doing this every two weeks because I have so much more to talk to you about. That's true. That's true. There's just a lot that can happen in two weeks. So I like, I have, and it does give me time to have free time in between working full time, which is something I do now. Yeah, that's real. Well, listeners, the doctors were in and now the doctors are out. Those are your prescriptions. And come back next week or better yet, the week after next (laughs) and come see us. Get those prescriptions. Refill this love. Bye. Bye.